This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. I know what God has laid on my heart to preach, and I am always amazed when I hear the words of these songs and how God has worked in and the hymns that are chosen, and a special that is sung, and how those words fit right in with what God has for us. It especially caught my attention tonight when Pastor Brown sang, When I am broken in the night of fear and doubt, It's interesting because the words are not if I am broken, it's when I'm broken. The reality that God has that for every one of his children for a very special purpose. He is making us into the image of Christ so that we're ready to meet him. And I would submit to you tonight that if that truth wasn't that truth, I don't think I could pastor. Because Pastor Smith's nodding his head, Pastor Tobin too, and you other preachers that are here, and there are several of you, there's a whole lot about what happens in people's lives that without that truth, what happens to them would not make any sense. I've been next to more deathbeds than I can count of God's children who have suffered, suffered greatly, health things that I know the great physician could just reach down, touch them, and it's all well. But he chooses not to do that. And and the suffering continues and and the heartache and, and... and all that is associated with that. And yet it settles my heart to know that God is continuing a process in this precious life that is hurting because he has something so much greater in store that he's working to accomplish. So last night, late, I got a text and then ended up on the the phone with a fellow pastor Again, I'm thankful for our deacons, but in this particular church, the deacons are making a power play, and this pastor is going to be out. Faithful man of God. But they don't want a pastor, they just want somebody to stand up and preach once in a while. And they're going to run things, and they've been doing it that way for decades. And he's going to be be the the most recent pastor that is going to have to leave that flock because they don't want to be flocked. It's very sad. And yet, what we're going to look at tonight is the process that God's doing in that pastor's life as well. Scripture teaches that our Christian life is a journey that requires faith, absolute trust in God. Hebrews 11.6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek 
Him. And so God is working to grow our faith. Of course, that can't be grown apart from God's word because faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? The word of God. Okay, so uh, without faith, it's impossible to please. And that's why I need to be saturated in my life with God's word so that my faith can grow. I can please the Lord. But the Lord is also going to allow me to suffer and struggle. And here's the key and be broken so in all of that, I learned that I have no reason not to trust God. This truth about life being a journey of faith, of faith dependence on God, is really the teaching about Israel in the Old Testament story, isn't it? The key Old Testament passage that illustrates this is Deuteronomy 6 and verse 23. And he brought us out from thence from Egypt, that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. Now let's break that down. He brought us out. That's deliverance from Egypt. And you and I know that with the imagery in Scripture, that's also a picture of the Christian's salvation. The world, the Egypt is a picture of the world, and the Lord brings us out of that. All right, he brought us out. It's deliverance. God didn't deliver you from the world, by the way, so you could go back and live in the world. He, he didn't do that. He didn't bring you out of bondage, so now you can have a ticket to heaven and then go back to those sins and live in bondage again. You have been delivered. The Red Sea, I love that. Tonight we're going to celebrate the Lord's table. We had to go through the blood of Christ, Right? for complete deliverance. And God closed those waters. He did not intend for us to ever go back. It's great. Great deliverance. But he brought us out that he might bring us in. Now that's entering the promised land. Don't confuse, and some of the old spirituals would do this, Jordan's stormy banks are not talking about heaven. Because when they got in the promised land, there was still conflict there. There was still temptation. When I get to heaven, and we sang about it tonight, uh, the presence of sin is gone. Amen? I can't wait. But he brought us in the promised land. Then for the Christian pictures, our joyful sanctification through continuing to live by faith. But there is also an in-between time. Why didn't God just march them right into the promised land done? Because there needed to be a wilderness journey, a time of testing, trial, to reveal what was in their hearts, to show them not only that they needed to trust God, listen, but that they could trust God. By the way, if you're reading through your Bible this year, learn from those, we're in Exodus right now, learn from that. All Israel would have needed to do if they needed water was say, uh, Moses, we need to talk to God. The well's dry. Uh, Moses, we need some food. Can you talk to God? It would have been that simple. And if they had done it, what would have God, God have done? He would have provided. Instead, they went the complaining route. 
The God who had delivered from Egypt, took them through a Red Sea, destroyed the mightiest army on planet Earth at that time. Well, we need to complain because well, we, we're not really sure we can trust him. Does that make any sense to you? But that's Israel. So that wilderness time, that, that was needed to test them, to reveal what was in their heart, and then also to reveal that they could trust their God. Now, what is the proof of this? I want you to write down this text, please. Deuteronomy 8 and verse 16, where Moses reminds Israel, who fed thee, God, who fed thee in the wilderness with manna, which thy fathers knew not. By the way, that's what manna means. What is it? That he might humble thee and that he might prove thee Here's the purpose, to do thee good at the latter end. In other words, when this is all done, he has good for you. But this process is needed. So with Israel, as with us, the purpose of God's trials was to reveal his power to deliver, heal, and supply. However, and let's not point an accusatory finger at Israel because I'm like this. You're like this. However, Israel assumed God wanted to destroy them. That he was against them. And he wanted to kill them that he, uh, uh, and that he could not supply their needs. Even though Egypt was behind them. A might, God brought them out with a mighty hand. Even though all that was true, they assumed the worst about God. And God needed to reveal what was in their heart and then help them in their hearts to trust the Lord. It's a, it's a breaking process. Now, what's the result with Israel and with us? God's humbling process exposed them and helped them see their true self. Do you know the difficult things that you experience, that I experience, it reveals what's really in our hearts. It, it just does. Israel refused to believe and did not enter the promised land, at least that first generation. Now the next generation got to watch the breaking process in their parents. God used it on them too. And under Joshua, they were ready to go in. Now here's the danger and with all that we're experiencing, COVID, and people getting sick, and, and uh, I, I wonder if sometimes you don't dread, all right, pastor's going to give his, his pastoral prayer on Sunday morning. What are we going to learn this week? Okay? Here's the danger. Look at it on the screen. Thinking that the wilderness is all there is to the Christian life and failing to understand the breaking process. You know, there have been people that have quit. Christians, genuine Christians, that have said, well, if this is what the Christian life is, I didn't sign up for. They've gotten discouraged. They've walked away. God must not care. He must not really be in control. And you might even run into somebody out there that says, there for a while I doubted whether or not he cared or existed. Those who come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So what is the breaking process? Let's look at this. 1 Peter 5, 6 says this. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. 
that he may exalt you in due time. See, there's more good that he has planned. But what should we do? Humble ourselves. Can I ask you a question tonight? Just be honest. How much do you really know? You're laughing. How much do you really know? Not much. And by the way, I'm, I'm including myself in that too. In fact, Pastor Smith was talking this morning about those smart guys in his Bible classes. And I leaned over her name and said, who's he talking about? <laughs> I don't, I, there, there must have been another Mike Asher on campus because it, it wasn't this guy. Right. We don't know much. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring forth. How do you like that? But God does. So humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, the God that spoke creation into existence and who created you. Guess what? He's working as a potter, a gracious plan with you, the clay. You can trust him. What is the breaking process? Well, we need to understand it. Number one, God initiates the breaking process. He initiates it. And as a loving father, he doesn't take any delight in our suffering, our hurting. But he initiates it because he knows it's so important. Number two, we are commanded to cooperate with God in the breaking process. Cooperate with it. Don't resist it. Cooperate with it. Now, some of you can look back. When you got saved, God used a breaking process even to get you there. And so you can look back and you can say, you know what? I thought I was in control. I was having fun. I, ha I was having my way. And like Saul on the road to Damascus, God dropped you. Not literally dropped. He had you, but he put you in a place where all you could do is look up. And that's good. I've heard people in their testimony say, you know, God might as well have used an audible voice and said, unless you get saved, I'm going to kill you. You've heard those testimonies, but they don't regret that God was using a breaking process to get a hold of them. Illness, the death of a loved one, um, whatever God chooses to use, he knows how to exactly put his tender finger on that place in your life to get you to look to him. So, we're commanded to cooperate with the, the process. Now, how do we do that? Well, give thanks. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Give thanks. You have no reason not to thank God for whatever you're going through. Now, it may be chastening because of some sin. Well, thank God for that too. But then make it right. Give thanks. And then we're going through this teaching leading up to our spring revival meeting because I want you to understand what God is doing so that you can next walk in the light. 
Walk in the light of it. Well, it's awful dark. Maybe God has forsaken me. Maybe God, no, he is never going to leave you nor forsake you, Christian. So walk in the light that God is up to something good in your life. Now, it can go on and on and on and on. And maybe you're in one of those physical trials where it just won't quit. And, and you're facing constant fatigue, or you're facing this constant problem, and, and, and you just can't seem to get ahead of it, and, and, and so on. But, but you know what? Walk in the light that God is doing His refining, gracious work in your life. And then, be honest. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Be honest. Be honest about the fact that you need it. Be honest about the fact... You need it. I need it. In fact, as you grow in the Lord, you get to the point that the more you experience it, the more you understand you need it. And it's hard, but it's only for a season. Be honest. You need it. I need it. Because Jesus is coming Soon. So why do we resist the breaking process? Okay, well, it's natural. We, we want to pull away from pain and hurt, okay? That, that's, that's natural. We, we want to escape. But, but there are some other reasons why we resist this. Number one, our nature is to cover and hide our sin. It is. None of us want the light of conviction. None of us want the light of exposure on us. Some of you are hiding sin, perhaps in your life, even tonight. Right? And, and the breaking process, we resist that because... We want to just cover our sin, hide it. We want things to just go on. Part of that is that we mainly want to please self. We want to depend on self. And that's what gets us into trouble with sin anyway. We believe a lie. We think we can handle it. I'll be the exception. I, whatever God says, I can go against what God has said. And it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see this through. It'll work out for me. No, it's not going to. But the fact that you think that way means you need a, the breaking process in your life. And so God graciously says, and be sure your sin will find you out. Well, I'd rather he not do that. Yeah, well, he'd rather not you go self-destruct. So he's going to bring it to light, and that may be some very hard things that you're going to have to experience. Frustrated Christian says, I can't seem to get away with anything. Yeah, it's because you have a loving father who knows everything. So quit resisting and understand that God is going to do what he needs to do to break you from depending on you and pleasing you. Our nature, though, wants to cover and hide our sin. Also, number two, our nature is to blame others. Well, this isn't my fault. This is my parents' fault. This isn't my fault. This, this 
because uh, these people tempted me. This is because, and we, we want to shift blame. And you and I know that's as old as the Garden of Eden. This woman you gave me, this snake, and oh, by the way, when Adam said that about Eve, he took a swipe at God too. This woman you gave me. Okay, let's all, let's all share the blame here. And by the way, it's easy to blame God. Lord, if you, if you were really God, this wouldn't stop. He's given you His Spirit. He's given you His Word. He's given you the conviction of conscience. He, he's done all that He can to keep you from sin. And oh, by the way, He gave you His Son. All right, so this isn't on God. They're not anybody else, but our nature is to blame others. And sometimes God will break us to help us see, no, 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 this is on me. This is on me. Number three, our nature is to view ourselves as better than others. Uh, Pastor Smith talked about this this morning, didn't he? Our, our nature is, is to shift blame. But, but whether you're a preacher, whether you're a prisoner, we are all dirty, rotten sinners who are just saved by grace. But by the way, we are forgiven. We've been declared righteous, and I'm excited about that. So we don't want to believe that we need this. Others need change. How, how good are you at pointing out the changes needed in other people's lives? I think most of us think we've mastered that. But how good are you at being honest about the change you need in your life? It's hard to convince me that I do need change and sometimes that it's really worth it. Well, I've managed this long and things seem to be fine. No, no, no. You need breaking. I need breaking. And it's worth it. So we've seen what the breaking process is, why we often resist the breaking process. Let's close by examining what the proper response is to the breaking process. Number one, with the breaking process, God gives us spiritual insight. Don't have the time tonight, but we could go to Job, the end of Job's life, and that great testimonial at the end, after all those chapters, after that long breaking process in his life. Did Job's life improve because he had greater spiritual insight when all that was done? Yeah, for one thing, he said, I'm, I, I commented on things I didn't have any understanding of. And I repent in dust and ashes. But at the end of Job's life, Job understood God was doing a gracious work in me. Oh, it was hard. In fact, he, he lamented that he had ever been born. But in the end, he had complete trust in his God. All right, so spiritual insight. Listen to Psalm 119, 71. It is good for me that I have been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, ah, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding an eternal weight of glory. There are some listening tonight, you 
haven't been to church, not just because of COVID, but you just feel lousy all the time, and that's been going on in your life for months and maybe years. There just doesn't seem to be any end in sight. Well, go to God's Word and let His truth illuminate what you're experiencing and let God grow your spiritual insight about these things. Number two, be willing to confess sin. The proper response? We just need to be willing to confess our sin. Do you know what we live in a nation that's not repentant? Our forests can be on fire. We can have sick people everywhere and people who are dying. We can, we can have earthquakes and hurricanes and flooding and so on. But nobody pauses to think, just maybe God's trying to get our attention so that we'll, we'll bow the knee and confess our sins to him. But you know what? More of us need to be saying that, Christians and especially preachers. We are under the judgment of God. If God says, I will judge those who take innocent life, oh my. We have been living on borrowed time. One of the things that so frustrated me about the last election is people were going to vote and it really didn't matter whether candidates had a pro-life stance or not. God help us. We need repentance. Confession of sin. And at some point it just might get bad enough in this country where Christians are going to be willing to send the white flag up the pole and say, God, we repent. We ought to be praying that way. But you know, Christians need to pray that way too. Instead of getting mad at God, maybe we need to get right with God. And then finally, transparency with others. Transparency with others and the breaking process. If you're going through the breaking process, it's okay to say to a brother or sister in Christ, you know, here's what God is revealing about me. Here's what he is teaching me. We ought to be having those discussions. Why? Because we're, God's going to do all this in, he's, or He's going to do this in all of our lives. It's okay to talk about it. Listen to Philippians 3.12. Paul says, not as though I had already attained, either, uh, either are already perfect, but I follow after, that uh, if that I may be apprehended for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Paul knew that there was going to be opposition because he was a believer, but he knew that there was also going to be help from the Father. Say, where, where did he say that? There was given me a thorn in the flesh. Now, in that case, even a messenger from Satan. So Satan was involved in some of it, but there was something that afflicted Paul's flesh. And three times he besought the Lord, Lord, just take it away. And what was the Lord's gracious response to him? No, Paul. My strength is going to be made perfect in your what? In your weakness. Paul said, therefore I will glory. You know why Paul was so mightily used? God allowed him to stay in the breaking process. 
And so let's conclude. God has given us a wonderful tool that he does his gracious work uh, in our lives in this breaking process. And that is the Holy Spirit uses his word through our consciences, speaking to our consciences to do his work. So let's close with Acts 24, 16. And herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void of offense toward God. Stop. It's not just I want to stay right with God, but you know what? I want to submit to the breaking process so that when things get hard, I don't accuse God. A conscience that is right before the Lord, that I'm just trusting Him. Like Job said, though He slay me, yet will I trust in Him. I have no reason to think otherwise than to trust Him all right, so my conscience, instead of accusing God, instead of being willing, uh, wondering, should I turn from God, instead of blaming God, no, conscience void of offense towards God and toward men. Now why? Well, I am going to fail God and man, and the conscience will bring me back to the understanding that breaking is needed, the breaking process is needed, and I just need to trust the Lord. Now let's transition right into the Lord's table tonight. I talked earlier about the gracious hand of the Father. The gracious hand of the Father. Sometimes wise parents will watch their child struggle and allow them to struggle. Not be, not let their, not if their health is at risk or, or their safety is at risk. I'm not talking about that. But sometimes children need to struggle. Things shouldn't always just go the way they want it to. They can learn when things don't work out. Part of what they can learn is take it to the father. Take it to mom. What they also learn is, you know what? Life isn't always the way I want life to be. That's a good life lesson. So he's a gracious father. But you and I have a high priest who has a firsthand knowledge of all that we experience. Trials, temptations, including, listen, the breaking process. The night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and said, Give, and he gave thanks, this is my body which is broken for you. You know what, what brought him to that point that night though? Is that he had been going through the breaking process all through his life to bring him to that point. He didn't have any sin. Let's make that clear. It's not that he was resistant to the will of the Father. Let's make that clear. But he had flesh too, and he knows what it is to have the flesh broken. Say, can you support that from Scripture? Where, where can, how can you uh, be saying these things? Let's turn to Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. A text that I will say to you I don't completely understand, just like I can't understand the incarnation, that my Savior is all God and all man. That's amazing. 
But look at chapter 5 and let your eyes drop down to verse 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he, what? There you go. That he suffered. Next verse. And being made complete. Perfect. Well, wait a minute. He's, he's the perfect son of God. Yes, but in flesh... Yielding to the Holy Spirit, uh, giving up the free exercise of His will, depending on the Spirit's power, giving Himself to please the Father, okay? He was made complete, and He became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey Him. So don't think that, that your Savior, your Lord, your Father is playing games with your life and that He doesn't have any clue how hard this is. Go to Ephesians 5, or Hebrews 5. When Jesus uttered those words in the garden that night, Father, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. He meant every word of that. And oh, by the way, as proof, you say, well, I've, sometimes I feel like my heart's going to break. I, 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 I sweat. I can't sleep. It's hard. I, my, my stomach is churning. Yeah, and he sweat drops of blood. He gets it. And so what he says is when you're going through that breaking process, look to the cross. Look to me. And realize I've been there. I know disappointment. I know how hard it is to continue in a trial. But you can trust me. I've been there before you. I'm not asking you to do anything that I haven't already done. And the breaking process is good. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.